Inshallah, we'll be discussing the Mahdi. Initially, the signs of the Day of Judgment are divided into two, major signs and minor signs. The minor signs of the Day of Judgment are the signs that give us a hint that it's coming, but we still don't know how close. The major signs, the moment you see the major signs, that means it's very, very, very close within the lifespan of a human being. Not something you have to wait another hundred years for or so, but when the major signs begin to come, that means that's it. The Day of Judgment is very, very close to coming. And so one of these major signs is the appearance of the Mahdi. What does Mahdi mean in the Arabic language? It's an open question. The Prophet ﷺ described his, the four Khulafa, the four Caliphs after him. He says, Al-Khulafa al-Rashidin al-Mahdiyin. The word Mahdi means rightly guided. Rightly guided. That's what it means in the Arabic language. So who is this rightly guided person? The Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam said from the hadith of Abdullah ibn Mas'udin radiyallahu ta'ala anhu يُخْرِجُ اللَّهُ فِي آخِرِ الزَّمَانِ رَجُلًا مِنْ أَهْلِ بَيْتِ يَمْلَأُ الْأَرْضَ قِسْطًا وَعَدْلًا كَمَّا مُلِئَتْ جُورًا وَظُلْمًا يَمْلِكُ سَبْعَ سِنِينَ This hadith is found in Abu Dawood. Why is it very important to mention references when talking about these subjects? Because this subject, the subject of the Mahdi, and generally the subjects of the signs of their Day of Judgment, is one of the areas in which people have invented a lot of lies, and they say it's a hadith. There is a lot of rubbish in this subject. A lot of lies, fabrications, and people say this is what the Prophet ﷺ said. There was a man in the 4th century Hijri, by the name of Abdul Karim ibn Uwayja, man he was in Iraq. And before he died, People used to know him, he was a very pious man and he used to report a lot of hadith. He used to say, I heard this person said that this person said that this person said that the Prophet said this. And no doubt this is a very noble thing. Before he passed away, he admitted to a horrible crime. His crime was, he said, I have invented 4,000 lies against the Prophet I make the haram halal. Halal, I make the halal haram. And I have spread them everywhere. And he was happy. Because his whole life he was secretly not a Muslim. But he would pretend to be a Muslim and invent lies and fabrications against the Prophet. And he would give the best asaneed, the best men he would learn from. And so people would think this is a very pious man. This knowledge is good knowledge. We should take it from this man. And so what happened was when he said this, there was a man at the time. By the name of Yahya ibn Ma'in, whoever knows this name, knows Yahya ibn Ma'in is one of the greatest scholars of hadith. He said, you watch, I will tear each one of these fake lies about the Prophet wasallam, and I will make everybody know that they are not hadith, but they are fabrications. People lie about the Prophet wasallam for many reasons. Sometimes for fame, sometimes for reminder. Because you know, people, general public, you don't sometimes care whether the hadith is from the Prophet ﷺ or not. You just care if it's a beautiful sounding one, it hits you in the heart. Wow, you feel really nice about it. You don't check. And so this is why many speakers sometimes, they use weak hadith or fabricated hadith, nothing that are not sayings of the Prophet to motivate people. And then you find out it's not even a hadith, it's a statement of a Sahabi or it's just an Arab saying. It's not a hadith. But because people get attracted to this kind of stuff. So when talking about this topic, we have to give references. 
the name of the Sahabi, which collection the hadith is in. And then afterwards, if you want to fight with me about authenticity, I'll be in a boxing ring around the corner, inshallah, you can find me. And Abdullah ibn Mas'ud, on the authority of Abdullah ibn Mas'ud radiallahu anhu, that the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wasallam said hadith is in Abu Dawood's Musnad, in Abu Dawood's Sunan. He said that Allah in the end of times will bring out a man. He will fill the earth with justice and fairness. He will rule the earth. Min ahli bayti, he is from my descendants, from my family. After the earth was a horrible place full of injustice and crimes and earthquakes, then this man will come. Yamliku sab'a sinin, he will rule for seven years. So this hadith, we learn a number of things. The first thing is that you do not want to be alive when the Mahdi comes around. Because the earth will be in a horrible state before he comes along. There will be earthquakes. There will be no justice. People will be stealing each other's money and taking each other's rights. The earth will be a chaotic place. And then this man will come around. What is his name? The Prophet said, His name and my name are the same. What is the name of the Prophet Muhammad. Hmm? Ibn Abdullah. Who can tell me more? Now there's a challenge. Ibn Abdul Muttalib. We'll stop there. We won't embarrass anybody. Muhammad, Muhammad ibn Abdullah. The, the man who's called the Mahdi, his name will be Muhammad ibn Abdullah. And he will be from the descendants of the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wasallam. Not just that, the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wasallam says, he says in a hadith in Ibn Majah, Al-Mahdi min waladi Fatima. That the Mahdi, this man, Muhammad ibn Abdullah, he will be from the descendants of Fatima radiallahu anha, the Prophet's daughter. So very specific now. We know where he comes from. Of course, this is difficult to prove. Someone today comes and says, I am a Sharif Sayyid from the lineage of the Prophet Even if you take a DNA test, you won't be able to find out. It's very difficult. Right? But this is one of the signs of this person. They will be from the descendants of Muhammad Also, Hadith in Musnad Ahmad. The Prophet said, He will come at a time when there are so many earthquakes and people are disagreeing and fighting and civil war takes place and then he will come and he will rule and bring peace and justice to the world. What does he look like? What does he look like? The Prophet said, this man Mahdi, he is from me, from my lineage, from my relatives, from my family. He has a wide forehead. He has a curved nose. They call it a Roman nose. You can Google it, you'll find it on Wikipedia. It's a particular type of nose. So if you don't have that nose, I'm sorry, you didn't make the cut. Now these are two signs. And then there's one more thing about him. The Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam said fi marawa'anu fi musnadi ahmad Al-Mahdiyu min ahli al-bayti yuslihuhu allahu fi laylatin That the Mahdi, this man, overnight Allah will rectify his heart and make him a righteous person. Which means, mafhum al-wakhalafa, that this person was not always perfect and righteous. But that Allah perfected this person because they are going to take a big job. Which is, to rule the Muslim Ummah. There will be a Khalifa for the Muslim Ummah for six to seven years. In the lifetime of the Mahdi, while they are ruling the earth, somebody will come. A good friend of his who he is waiting for. Who is he? Isa alayhi salatu wasalam. 
And there will be one particular scene that is mentioned in Sahih Bukhari and Muslim. One particular scene that will happen when these two people meet. The Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam says, on the authority of Jabir ibn Abdullahi radiallahu ta'ala anhu, he says, فَيَنزِلُ عِيسَ بْنُ مَرْيَمَ عَلَيْهِ الصَّلَاةُ وَالسَّلَامُ or Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam, فَيَقُولُ أَمِيرُهُمْ when Isa السلام, will come to the earth and he will see that the earth is being ruled by a just ruler, a Khalifa to Muslimin, Muhammad ibn Abdullah, this Mahdi. So Isa will come and this Amir, this king, this Mahdi will say to him, Ta'ala salli bina, come and lead us in salah. So Isa السلام, will say, La inna ba'dakum ala ba'din umara takrimatallahi ummah. No, he says, you are the king of these people. And Allah has honored you with this, so you lead the salah. So when Isa السلام, the Prophet Isa descends back on the earth, it will be in the lifetime of this man, the Mahdi. During his lifetime, Isa will come. And then, you know what happens when you enter a door and there are two people, you say you first, other one says you first, and eventually one of you enters the door. When Isa السلام, and the Mahdi meet, they will say to each other, please lead the salah. No, no, you lead the salah. No, you lead the salah. Eventually, the Mahdi will lead the salah. And this is from the humility of Isa السلام, his humbleness in front of the Mahdi. So what are the main things we learn? We learn about the Mahdi's physical appearance. How does he look? We learned he's from the family, the descendants of the Prophet وسلم, from the descendants of Fatima anha. We learned that he will come at a time when the earth will be in chaos like it is today. But it will be in worse chaos at that time. And once he comes in his lifetime, Isa السلام, will come. Meaning, if the Mahdi comes, be ready. Because soon after him, Isa will come and soon after him, the Dajjal will be there within a matter of years, not a matter of days, a matter of years the Dajjal will come and Isa السلام, will come and then the Day of Judgment will not be far away. We also learn from this, from the idea of the Mahdi. There are people today who deny his existence or his appearance. And that is because there are many ahadith that are weak or fabricated in his about the Mahdi. Why is that the case? Why would someone invent a lie about this? Because people like to hear these stories. They like to hear stories about the final day and about the signs of the last day and these things will happen on the last day. So people get carried away and some people begin to invent lies about this occasion. However, there are authentic ahadith. And Abu Bakr al-Sana'ani rahimahullah and many others, Ibn Taymiyyah rahimahullah mentioned that the ahadith about the Mahdi are mutawatira al-ma'na that they are mass transmitted, you cannot deny it. It is a fact that this man will come and that he will rule the earth for seven years and that he will bring justice and he will bring power and he will bring fairness back to the earth. There's one more good thing about this, this idea of the Mahdi. It gives Muslims optimism and it gives us good hope in the future. How many a khatib comes to the member or the microphone and he says, the ummah is destroyed, we are in a bad situation. But what did the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wasallam said? Man nas, Whoever says people are destroyed, the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wasallam says, he is destroyed, not them. Because he, the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wasallam never encouraged a Muslim to be negative about the future. Always be positive. No matter who's your prime minister, no matter what's happening in India, what's happening in Kashmir, in China, in Iraq, what is happening to the Muslims, you be positive. Why am I saying this? Because people use the ahadith about the Mahdi to say we don't need to do anything now, we're just waiting for this man to come and save all of us. Al-Ihbat, 
Many scholars have mentioned that so many times in the past in Muslim history, people have come and said, I am the Mahdi. Why? Because the Mahdi is not a prophet. He's not a Isa alayhi salam. He's not an angel. He's a normal person. But his name is Muhammad ibn Abdullah. His physical features are described. So anybody with the physical features whose name is Muhammad ibn Abdullah, who's from the descendants of the Prophet can say, I am, I am the Mahdi, right? And has this happened before? Who remembers recent history when it happened? When? Um, about 30, 40 years ago. That's right. The person said he went to the black stone. Yes. About 40 years ago. Yeah. And he said he was the Mahdi. His name was, as you said, Muhammad bin Abdullah. Excellent, excellent. Basically, what he did then, he caused great fitna. So mm. he started slaughtering people around the Kaaba. Mm. Basically, none of the scholars wanted to say that he wasn't the Maori because mm. they didn't want that fitna on the, on the Day of Judgment mm. that they didn't support the Maori. Mm. But when the truth came known, in the exposure of the liar, they flooded the, they all went to the basement mm. in the Kaaba. They flooded, basically, downstairs, mm. and they killed them all. <coughs> and then people realized that he wasn't the Maori he didn't rule for seven years yeah. maybe seven maybe seven days yeah. <laughs> if that so in 1979 on the 20th of november see i give you references nobody fight with me afterwards about my references 20th november 1979 if it's 21st inshallah you can have a problem but 20th november 1979 a man named juhayman al-utaybi al-qahtani who was a student in medina university at the time of Al-Mufti Al-Allama Ibn Baz Rahimahullah He and his group A large group of people They took over the Kaaba Over Mecca And they had They came into the Kaaba Into Mecca with arms With guns and with arms And they took control of the Kaaba And they put snipers on the top of the buildings And they took the Imam of the Kaaba hostage And Juhayman al utaybi went to the microphone And like this with all the hadith and references, he began to tell everybody that there is a man named Muhammad ibn Abdullah. He is from Quraysh. He is from the descendants of Fatima radiallahu anha. He has a wide forehead and he has a hooked nose and he is in front of you and he is the Mahdi. Everybody has to now submit to him. Of course, our cousins from Pakistan and India didn't understand a word because it was in Arabic and they were no translators. They must have been saying, Ameen, Ameen, thinking somebody was making dua. But there was no dua being made at the time. This is dangerous. We have to realize that somebody took over the Kaaba, killed people with guns, and said that somebody is a Mahdi. You'll realize in Muslim history, in Islamic history, the one claim that is being made the most often is not, I am Isa ibn Maryam. No, it's I am the Mahdi. Because the Mahdi is a normal person. But his name is Muhammad ibn Abdullah. And anybody can claim it. They can claim it. But what, what condition did this man in Medina, in Makkah, in 1979, he seemed to tick all the boxes. Some people were confused and they began to pledge allegiance to him. But what was, what was the mistake? There is no hadith that says that the Mahdi will kill people to take control. How did the Prophet ﷺ describe his qualities? What will he spread in the world? Peace and and justice to come in the Kaaba with your guns and force everyone at gunpoint to say you are the leader is that peace and justice no that's what pirates do I'm the captain now so Jayman al-Utaybi this man who then called this Muhammad ibn Abdullah this uh, Saudi 
young man from the tribe of Quraysh and said he is the Mahdi. This man didn't fulfill the main condition of the Mahdi, which was he will spread peace and justice, not fear and zulm and uh, transgression. And the whole world is scared what to do now. For days and no, for, for so many days, people were just confused what to do. The Kaaba was on lockdown. They barricaded the doors. And one of the mashayikh of Ahlul Hadith, Wasiullah Abbas, Hafizahullah, was there at the time in Mecca. And he narrates that on the morning that this man took over the Kaaba, he had actually overslept and missed Fajr. And this man took over the Kaaba at Fajr time. So Shaykh Wasiullah Abbas, Hafizahullah, was sitting in his home when this all happened. He's watching or he's hearing about it. And mashallah, because Shaykh Wasiullah is a very very strong student of knowledge at the time he didn't waste any time he said in those three days where this man took over Makkah I was doing takhrijul hadith I was studying hadith for three days in a row I studied 300 hadith mashallah because he couldn't do anything to save the Muslims in the Kaaba so this is what this man did and Juhiman al-Utaybi the man who helped him take power Muhammad, this man Muhammad ibn Abdullah and take over the Kaaba and all of this stuff this man was a student of knowledge he was seeking Islamic knowledge so this is what we have to learn that it's not always about information and knowledge. It's about guidance from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Somebody may have a lot of knowledge, a lot of information. They may recite the full Quran by heart. But if Allah did not guide this per person to practice what they preach, to seek from the no scholars wisdom before they do anything, then this person will be misguided eventually. We have to learn that. What did the Prophet sallallahu tell us? What are the first few people who will be thrown into hellfire? Alimun, a scholar, a knowledgeable person will be first to be thrown into the fire because he will be asked, why did you seek knowledge? You only did it عالم, so people could call you scholar, scholar. The second to be thrown into the fire will be a qari', a reciter of the Quran. And he, was, he only recited and memorized the Quran so it could be said, this is the reciter of the Quran. And the last third person to be thrown into the fire is a person who died in the path of Allah, but he only did it so people could, be, to, could call him shaheed. So knowledge is not enough. Knowledge and action. Al-ilmu wal-amal. Ilmun bila amal bila thamara. Imam al-Ghazali said that knowledge without action is like a tree without fruit. If you have a tree, but it's not giving you any results, there's no point of the tree. Knowledge is supposed to be sought for a reason and it's supposed to be sought through the correct purpose and the correct way, which is through teachers. And this man, Juhiman al-Utaybi and his associates, without any senior scholarship, they decided we are the Mahdi, we're going to take over everything. That knowledge is with the senior people, the Prophet said. And one of the signs of the last day, one of the minor signs of the last day, the Prophet said, You will have very few scholars, but you will have very many speakers, people who speak without knowledge. And very few will, who, will be those who actually know what they are talking about. And so we may be in that age. When every brother who has access to Islam QA thinks he's a scholar. Or every sister, or every brother who thinks they have a few pieces of information, they think, now it's, I'm ready to give fatwa. I'm ready to disagree with the, uh, this shaykh and that scholar. However, we should be humble. And this is why anybody in Islamic history who claimed they are the Mahdi, 99% of the time they were ignorant people who had no Islamic knowledge. If you go to YouTube today and you search fake Mahdi, you will get so many results. One of them is a very recent result of a man and I was there in a conference, one of Peace TV's conferences. He came in front of Sheikh Yusuf Idris and he said, I just want to tell all of you that 
I am the Mahdi. He was a clean-shaven fellow. MashaAllah, the Mahdi who is following the Sharia but can't grow the beard as well. So Sheikh Yusuf started laughing. He said, just tell me one thing, brother. You know the Mahdi will speak Arabic, right? He goes, I can speak Arabic. Alhamdulillahi Rabbil Alameen, Ar-Rahman Ar-Rahim, Maliki Yawuddin. It's very good Arabic, mashallah. So there are so many people who claim to be the Mahdi, who claimed it. And so this is why we have to be careful. Because there are many who claim it without any evidence. And there are many who use this, this man, the Mahdi, and his, that he will come, etc., etc., to not do anything. It's okay, Mahdi will come and save us. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala did not tell you and me to wait for the Mahdi. Some people call it the Mahdi al-Muntadar, the awaited one. Well, we are not waiting for him. Why? Imagine you are waiting for the Mahdi outside the masjid. You're waiting, you're waiting, you're waiting. Mahdi is going to come and then a car hits you. There was no Mahdi to answer the questions for you in the grave. What did the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam said? Man mata faqad qamat qiyamatu. Whoever dies, the day of judgment has begun. You don't need minor signs. You don't need major signs. You're dead now. And what will help you after you die? إِذَا مَاتَ بْنُ آدَمَ As the Prophet said, إِنْ قَطَعَ عَمَلُهُ إِلَّا مِنْ ثَلَاثِ When one of you dies, nothing will benefit you except three. Who can tell us the three? Three things that will benefit you after you die. صَدَقَةٌ جَارِيَةٌ Ongoing charity. وَلَدٌ صَالِحٌ A pious child. Not just a, not just a righteous child. Something specific more than that. A righteous child that makes dua for you. Because some, a child may be righteous, but they're not making dua for their parents. So the righteousness was not beneficial to their parents. That is why whenever we mention our parents, what did Allah say in the Quran? Allah taught us this prayer for our parents. Oh Allah have mercy upon them, just as they had mercy on me when I was young. Because otherwise, there's no benefit for our parents after they pass away, unless we make dua for them. That's the second. What's the third thing that will help after one passes away? Beneficial knowledge. Knowledge that anybody benefits from. Does that mean you have to be a scholar? The Prophet said, spread my knowledge even if it's one, one ayah. But make sure you know that ayah. Make sure this is knowledge that you are sure of. Not knowledge you think you know or you got from Islam QA. Or you got from a website and you think, mashallah, I'm alim of Islam QA and alim of sunnah.com. Knowledge you are sure of, the basics of Islam, make sure you spread it. To whom you know, what you know, this is da'wah. And this is what we are supposed to do. We are not waiting for the Mahdi. In fact, we hope that he doesn't come in our lifetime because if he comes, that's it. The bell has dropped. The penny has dropped and the dirham has dropped and everything has dropped because then the day of judgment is not very far upon us. And it will be years of confusion and chaos and fighting and civil war and fear and blood and the Dajjal will come and we don't want to be around when the Dajjal will come. What is my evidence for that? What did the Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam used to say? وَأَعُوذُ بِكَ مِنْ فِتْنَةِ الدَّجَّالِ he would ask Allah to protect him from the fitna of the Dajjal. We don't want to be around when fitna happens. Because what happens? What is fitna? Fitna is when black looks like white and white looks like black. You don't know what's true. You don't know what's a lie. That's what Dajjal is for. He's confusing. Imagine this. In this man, in 1979, has fulfilled all the conditions of the Mahdi but one. And he confused the entire earth. This is called fitna. How do we escape from fitna? Number one, with seeking beneficial knowledge. What you know today, if this somebody were to tomorrow or even today's store come and say, I'm the Mahdi, you know what to tick boxes. First, you check his nose, 
then his forehead, then his name, then his tribal lineage. Then you'll ask him if he knows Arabic. And then you'll find out is this person the Mahdi or not. So number one, seeking beneficial knowledge. Then you can tell black from white, red from yellow, you know what's what. Number two, a dua to ask Allah, to always make dua to Allah. Allahumma inna na'udhu bika min fitnatil mahya wal mamat. Oh Allah, we ask you to protect us from the fitna of this world and the hereafter and dying. And the fitna of the incoming Dajjal, the Antichrist. There's one thing left. There's a hadith mentioned about when or where this Mahdi will appear from. There are some hadith that mention that this Mahdi will appear from the area of Khurasan, which is in the area of the Persian Peninsula in Iran. There's a hadith, a hadith which mentions that he will be from, coming from Medina, seeking refuge. There's a hadith that mentions that there will be black flags coming from the east. You must have heard this hadith. Black flags coming from the east. Sheikh Abdul Aziz Al-Tarifi and other mashaykh have mentioned that all the hadith about the black flags are weak or fabricated. So be careful. So don't accept every hadith that comes to you. And know that there is a difference of opinion on these hadith. Some scholars say they are weak. Some scholars say they are hasan, they are sound. However, many mashayikh today have mentioned that they are weak and that is what convinces me more. So we should always be careful to take our religion and our knowledge from the correct sources. And after all this, now you know about the Mahdi. You know his name, you know what his signs are, etc, etc. What are you going to do? There is no action you can do based on this knowledge except one thing. Keep making dua to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to protect us from the fitna of this world and the hereafter. Keep seeking beneficial knowledge and keep reminding your children and your family members about this reality, which is the end of times. Indeed, the afterlife is coming, the end is coming. But more than anything, today you will hear about the Dajjal and about Isa and about the Mahdi and about many things. But more than all of this, there's one thing we should fear, which is more of a fact and more sooner to come than all of these things, which is death. Whoever dies, the day of judgment has come. That is your major sign. That is your minor sign. That is your final sign. And that's it. What does Allah say in the Quran? Wherever you are, death will seize you. Even if you are buried and hidden, protected in the tallest of towers. Say, O Prophet, indeed the death which you are running from is going to come and suffer. And then when you die, you will be in limbo, in barzakh. You will not be in this world and you won't be in the hereafter. You'll be answering questions. Man Rabbuk, who is your Lord? Man Nabiyuk, who is your messenger? Mahdinuk, what is your religion? And do you know what? You think the answers to these questions are easy? You will not be able to answer these questions unless you lived by them in your life. It's not a multiple choice test. It's not that easy. What did the Prophet ﷺ say? That those who do not live according to the Shahada, when they die, Allah will not be able, not let them answer the questions and they will just say, Mah, Mah. They won't be able to answer. And this is the example of those who in this life 
They heard many reminders, many talks, many conferences, but they never took heed. They never took the reminder. They never acted upon it. What does Allah say about such a person? That on the day of judgment, such a person will be made blind and brought before Allah. And they will ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Oh Allah, why did you make me blind when I used to have eyes in the world when I was alive? Allah will say just like that my verses and my ayat came to you very clear and you turned away from them and so today you will be forgotten as well may Allah protect us and may Allah make it easy for us may Allah forgive our sins and allow us to live by the shahada in this life and in the hereafter